For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the Gagan Press, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we'll be talking all things Liverpool. And today, it's time to review that Thiago Masterclass and the win over Chelsea. What a week it's been. My name is, of course, Andrew Hedspeeth. And here I am with the toppest of top reds. He's the man that turns this podcast into a podcast. See what I did there? It's Mr. Alex Purdy. How are you? Mate, I'm so excited. I thought I thought this week we'd be sort of crying over a draw. But then, you know, pulled out two signings and one of the easiest wins I can remember against the top six side. So, you know. <laughs> would you say would you say this is the best week ever in Liverpool history? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I'm not being funny, it's definitely up there. It's definitely <laughs> up there. Yeah, I mean forget about Istanbul and, and Madrid and everything. It's 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 definitely well, this week. Okay, isn't it? trophies aside. You know, you'd, you'd have to I mean, say this is top one. It has been a, a blisteringly good uh, week, so let's get let's get straight into it. Uh, Chelsea nil, Liverpool two, uh, massive win. Were you happy with that with that performance? I mean, it was pretty comfortable in the end. Uh, Andreas Christensen helped out with that, and so did so did Kepa, of course. But um, were you happy with the way that the Liverpool played? Um, overall, yes, of course, we won two nil. Thought the first half was sluggish again. Um, not much going forward, um, but we were defensively sound and kept their main threat Werner quiet. So how good was was uh, was Fabinho at centre back? By oh, the way, mate, when I saw, well, yeah, when I saw him on the team sheet, I was like, oh, well, Werner's going to target him, going to run rings around him. This could yeah. be this could get ugly, but held his own every single time. Um, yeah, so man of the match performance for me. Definitely. I'm just wondering whether he's like, especially in in games, um, yeah, maybe where we don't need somebody so much as like a, a somebody breaking up the play in the, in the centre of the park, whether he can he can sit back alongside Van Dijk and then we can play sort of three slightly more creative players. And, Are you saying lesser opposition like Chelsea? Yeah, exactly. Lesser opposition right, like Chelsea, okay. where, uh, yeah, obviously we're going to have most of the ball and just going <laughs> to try to unlock them. So, uh, yeah, he was fantastic. Um and of course, that leads on to the man that did play in the number six role, of course, uh, Mr. Tiago Alcantara. Uh, I saw the stat uh, going around on Twitter that said he had he had the most touches in just forty five minutes of football since in Premier League football since records began. I think I think they started collecting the data on that in since like two thousand three, two thousand four, I think. And he had uh, not touches, sorry, passes. He had seventy-five passes alone in was that second half. Was it successful passes or just successful passes? passes I yeah. think, yeah. And that was more than any Chelsea player had in the entire game, and the most in forty-five minutes of any of any player in the Premier League since <laughs> since records began. So I'd say that was pretty good. I mean, he did um, he did give away that penalty. We don't um, talk about that. Doesn't matter. We don't want to talk about that too much. But yeah, uh, I think that was mainly just because he wanted to see, he wanted to get Alisson involved in the game, really. That was, that's what that yeah, was about. Yeah, good confidence building. I like it. Team player. Yeah. 
but um, are we in danger of getting a little bit too too carried away with him? Because um, this is whatever the whatever the direct opposite of a baptism of fire is. This is it. It's like a it's a it's a warm bubble bath of a baptism. <laughs> this one, when you're coming on against ten man Chelsea. Uh, you're already you know your goal up, and it's I don't know. Uh, no, sorry, they weren't a goal up, were they? It was, it was nil-nil at halftime, wasn't no, it? Nil-nil, yeah. Yeah, um, okay. Well, yeah. Look, it was one of the easiest games to come into in that sense. Mm. Um, but still, everything he did, I was off my seat. Like, I don't think I've ever been this excited for a Liverpool signing ever before. The grin on my face when you get the ball, it's just like, I cannot believe we've got one of the world's best midfielders. I mean, the last yeah. time, the last time I was sort of that excited was Torres coming in. Because just yeah. love the way he played, and then obviously people like Verge, but this was just another level. Like, it's just For me, crazy. it's uh, it's shades of Xavi Alonso as well. Just that, yeah. just that excitement you get when Silk. he picks up the ball deep and just you know he can ping it out anywhere. And once he starts to to sort of slot in and get get comfortable with that team and picking out the runs of Salah, Mane, and the fullbacks as well, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be very yeah, exciting. It literally, indeed. looked like he played for us for like five years. Yeah, and literally, you know, it's forty five minutes, but. Yeah. He's probably first name on the team sheet now, isn't he? Mm. And for and for five million a year over the next four years, it's just absolutely <sighs> ridiculous, isn't Unreal it? Unreal business. Unreal. Unreal business. Uh, yeah. So I mean, if you if you listen back to the previous podcast, you will you will hear, of course, that that Purdy and I were, um, of course, entirely in favour of this signing from the beginning. And uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think we've always said that he's a quality player, but it just it had to be at the right price and. Without um, without genies getting pushed aside as well, and I think that that looks like that has happened, or that is going to happen. So that is a real that's a real positive for, yeah. for me. At least. Well, I was going to save this for later, um, but I'll say it now. Uh, you know, we were basically in the game without him, and probably going to win. So against our so-called mm. title rivals, it's not like we had to buy someone like Thiago to win that game, or even the league. I think regardless of signing him, we win the league. But now we've signed him. I think, you know, we've wrapped it up. Yeah. And it's just like, you get such a quality operator here with him as well. But just from a sort of a branding perspective, I can't remember the last time Liverpool signed a world-class player at the at the peak of their powers from another mm. sort of elite level club. And it just, it's one of those things that doesn't really happen that often for, for any club. You know, Real Madrid and Barcelona are sort of the famously the only teams in the world that can really sort of cherry pick any, or have been able to cherry pick any player that they that they want. I know the circumstances here are a bit different because he had one year left on his deal. He wanted he wanted the move, but I mean, typically uh, with the way the FSG operate and, and and Liverpool stature in the past as well, they they haven't gone for those top tier players. They've gone for the sort of the next level down and yeah. um, aspired to turn them into world beaters. And it has it has worked fantastically well with the likes of you know Salah and Mane and and all the rest. But it is also it's just it's just fun when you buy like a real, <laughs> a real proper player that you think like yeah he's probably the best in the world in his position isn't it? Do, I mean, do any Premier League clubs sign you know twenty nine year olds at the peak of their powers, sort of like top three in their position? Yeah, I'm struggling to think of anyone really. He's the most. You said last week I think he's the most decorated player to ever come into the league. Yeah, I think he might be. I mean, he's hasn't he? Just, he's won. I think he's won the league every season he's been a professional <laughs> seven, seven footballer. Seasons. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Um, I hope he's not getting bored of winning by now. But uh, yeah. No. Otherwise, he uh, would have joined us. 
I think, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I think we ought to talk about the actual match winner of the game, as good as Thiago and Fabinho were. Uh, Sadio Mane got the goals. Uh, how good? How good was he in in this game? I mean, it was another it was another decisive performance. Him is he Liverpool's most important player for you? Oh, well, this is it. Like last week, Salah's the most important player for us. This week, it's Mane. <laughs> I mean, that's a great. It's not a problem. That's just a great thing to have. Um, yeah, but I. He almost took it personally that Salah stole the headlines last week as he presses the goalkeeper from from that misplaced pass. Yeah, um, which I know. Is great to see. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, like you said, the way he he chased down uh, Kepa from for that for that second goal, uh, it was it was an absolute joy to behold. And when he's on it, I think he's pretty much just the pretty much the best player in the league. He's just such a he's such a quality quality. He's the operator. best all round attacker for sure. Mm. He's got the most to his game. Yeah, I mean, I think Salah is, is still gonna is always gonna sort of win Liverpool's sort of uh, club golden boot, or for most seasons he's going to. But yeah, the, the way that Mane operates and, and what he brings to that team is is just something else, really. Um, what were your thoughts then on Chelsea as an opposition? Does the red card change the game? Would we have won that so comfortably anyway? I mean, there was a sort of fun comment from Frank Lampard after the game. And by the way, just as an aside, it was quite nice to see him get put in this place after what happened in at the end of last season when he <laughs> yeah. was having to go at Liverpool's bench for, for being arrogant. So uh, yeah, just nice to always get nice to get one over on him. Uh, but yeah, I think after the game, he said to one of the TV stations, I think it might have been B in, he said that um, uh, if if they hadn't made the if Kepa hadn't made the error and if they'd scored their penalty then it would have been one one and then he said but yeah if my if my grandma had wheels then she would have been a bicycle. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that exact which, phrase. Isn't oh. that the the line from that? Isn't that like Gina de Campo? Gina de Campo the, the chef is on. Yeah, this on Saturday morning kitchen. or something random. Yeah. Yeah. But it's exactly that, that. He might as well have just said that. Yeah. <laughs> Very odd little like meme reference from Frank really, Lampard. He's really bitter against us now, which is quite funny because we don't care about him. Yeah, I know. It's rivalry. I quite like that though. I like having this rivalry with Chelsea. It felt like but it sort of went away in the last few years. We don't because they're irrelevant now. So it's just <laughs> them. It's just they hate us, and we're like, "Oh, who are you?" It's like your little kid kicking your ankles. Yeah, like, just go away. Leave us to it. Obviously, they didn't have they didn't have Chilwell, and they didn't have Thiago Silva, and obviously Kepper is still very Keppery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you see them like Werner? Had, Werner looks sort of busy. Without really doing too much, uh, obviously struggled to get out of Fabinho's pocket for most of the game, and Havertz again looked a bit sort of isolated and, and still looks like he's sort of finding his feet. But do you see them like I know we're joking about them being in relevance. Do we do we see them being a sort of potential to challenge either this season or in the coming seasons with the with the spending they've done and the squad that they've got now? I mean, I wasn't joking, but uh, I just don't. I mean, I know they also were missing <laughs> Pulisic and Ziyech, but. You can already tell Havertz is, needs time to adjust to the league. So who knows about, you know, Ziyech, etc. And just the whole system mm. change in general. Um, they just they just look the same as last season, really. They haven't yeah, changed Yeah, personally, I think... No, I just don't trust Lampard to get the best out of that squad. Like, you've got some phenomenal players like Pulisic, I think. Is ter- well, at the end of last season, he looked terrific. Yeah. And they got, you know, quite a few... I mean, Werner as well. I would have been very happy to see him sign for Liverpool, but... 
I just don't fancy Lampard to get the best out of that that team really, and it will be an interesting one. Uh, well, quite a fun one for us, really, as, as outsiders to see how long he gets in that job because of the sort of goodwill he's got as being, you know, this this Chelsea legend and ambassador for so long. Yeah, but... I mean, like Ver- Werner is a good signing. You can tell he's going to do do well mm. this season, but it's not going to be enough to challenge for the league. No. Absolutely not. And when they've still got those same defensive problems, I mean, I don't like Chilwell's not the most sort of defensively sound player, and then Silva coming in at the age of thirty six. Um, I'm not sure what his English is like trying to organise that that back line, but it it was a shambles. I mean, in that that Christensen uh, sending off as well. I mean, it was obvi- I think that was that was obviously the right decision. Oh, of course. I don't think anyone really had any compl- uh, complaints about that. But I think the reason he he went in like that was because he doesn't trust Kepper either to come out. And when he sees Manny's bearing down on Kepper, he's just thinking, right, I've got I've got to do something here. And it was like it was like a it was a terrible decision, obviously, but it just shows like the sort of the discoordination and lack of trust in that defence. Yeah, and we're we're sort of pinning things on Kepa here, but they're going to sign this guy Mendy. I mean, how mm-hmm. good's he? People are saying, people are acting as if this is going to change their goalkeeping issues, but why? Who the hell's he? Scott. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really very up on French goalkeepers. So no, and he's really 77 much, rated on FIFA. So what does that tell oh, well, there you go. So that's it, isn't so, it? Yeah, it's the only Mexican it does have. The whole situation does have sort of shades of um, of Carrius, doesn't it? Where his confidence is just completely gone and you need to sort of make yeah. a change. I mean, I, look, I do feel for him. He's still, you know, a man at the end of the day. Yeah. A human. A human but, yeah, man. It's, it's time, to, time to go. Sorry. Uh, just with that, uh, on that Christensen sort of rugby tackle. Have you ever seen uh, The Floor is Lava on Netflix? <laughs> no, but I can. It's, this, it's like this ridiculous like game show thing that I just binge watch during lockdown, <laughs> where like you can't touch the floor and you just got to jump between the furniture and if, and then and then uh, to get across. Oh the well, I've, I've played that as a kid, literally. Yeah, yeah, that. exactly. It's just so like just like a that, real. Yeah, it's a real life adult version <laughs> of that, and they've got this like red liquid, and then you and it's like a swimming pool, and you fall in and you're dead, and just the desperation sometimes when people just jump between like the tables oh, and chairs and stuff, and they flying. just like. Oh yeah, they're just belly flopping into the floor. <laughs> it just it just really brought me back to that when I watched Christensen just sort of leap onto the back of Manny. It was That's great. It was great to see. We need an Andy's Netflix recommendations section. Oh absolutely. And, well uh, that's that's right up that's, there. That's the first one. Yeah, I just got so sick of just really dark sort of true crime stuff. So I was like, I'm just trying to find like the ah, stupid totally stuff right. to watch yeah. on uh, on Netflix. <laughs> well there you go. Anyway, what I'm not sick of is uh, our transfer business. Um, which, of course, after uh, thank you very much, after uh, a slow start to the summer, um, now we suddenly have uh, two new toys in the shape of Thiago Alcantara, who we saw uh, dominate the midfield against Chelsea, and Diogo Jota from Wolves for a total of, I think, somewhere north of forty million, including all add-ons. Yeah, I think I saw and forty-five. All in. Forty-five. Yeah, but you have to wonder what that actually includes, what well, he has to 40, do. To... 41 rising to 45, whatever that means. Right. And then Kiana Hoover is going the other way for, what is it, 10 to 13 or, or yeah. something as well. So if you're taking that out, it's kind of 30 plus on him. Uh, we've talked a bit about Tiago. What are your thoughts on, on Jota then as a player? What do, you, what do you make of him coming into the team? I mean, he's almost sort of bite-sized Mane. <laughs> in, nice, in like my that. head if that's a fair comparison mm-hmm. and and if so if I am correct then that's an incredible signing to have off the bench and if he's happy to play on the bench and come on for sort of half an hour 20 minutes a game 
then what a signing that is. Because he was starting for Wolves, and Wolves are basically an established Europa League side now. So, mm. you know, what does that tell you? Yeah, I, I saw uh, people talking about this on, on, on Twitter and social media, where they're sort of saying this is one of those perfect signings where it's a young player whose value is only going to increase. He's got a lot of potential. Uh, he's proven in the Premier League. But also, he doesn't necessarily come in demanding to start every game. So you've just used t- every single box sort of imaginable there. And yeah, if you look at his, again, I've seen, I think it might have been uh, Sam Maguire or one of these other Liverpool sort of uh, statty people on Twitter posting that his, his sort of heat maps and numbers are very similar to, to Mane, as you said as well, Perth. So I oh, think, yeah, that's very good. I think that's that the sort of role that he will be. I saw. I don't know what they're called. Mm, yeah, I just yeah, I saw some very convincing heat maps really. So that that, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. did it for me. Because I'm always looking at heat maps. So <laughs> I, know, occup- I know what a good one looks like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so he occupies the same space as Mane. He gets goals. I think he has that versatility to play sort of sub in for for Salah or Mane really, or even play through the centre as well. So I think that's going to be, and uh, I think it's going to be a very very interesting piece of business. I'm I'm excited to see yeah. him play. It is interesting. I mean, I was, I was, we sorry, go on. I was just gonna say I was I like I always really liked Shakiri and I was sort of uh, sad to see that he might be getting sort of phased out, but um, I think he's what is he twenty nine this year? He might already be twenty nine, and you think his yeah. his best days are probably behind him. And with the injury record he had last season, um, I think it might be time to, well, to look, get that upgrade. He gave us two amazing moments in the United win twenty eighteen and Barcelona win with that cross yeah. to Genie. So you know, absolutely money well spent. I mean. Yeah, and he was, what, 13 million? So I think those two games pretty much uh, paid yeah. for it themselves. Bargain. Um, so does the, these two signings then, um, do they change your thoughts on how the season is going to play out at all? Uh, yes, I think we win it by an even bigger margin. <laughs> I'm being serious many, as well. Th- by 30 points now? Or, 30, yeah. uh, 40? Nah. Look, I thought, I thought there might be five points in it. Well, I think there might be seven points in it now. Mm. Okay. Was just, basically, that's it. Well, just two, basically, two look, I, I still think we're the best by quite a long way. Look, we won the league, what was it, 19 point, 18 points last season? 18 points. 18 yeah. points, yeah. I can't see that gap closing drastically. So it will be the five to ten point mark, especially with mm. these two. Yes. Um, as for, obviously, it improves our, our squad depth a lot. Are you, um, I don't know, what are you thinking about the players that that might have to leave now? Because for me, with those two signings, like suddenly there are, there are six or seven players whose sort of futures now are up in the air. And if you look at the midfield, like if Thiago is going to be, is going to be a sort of regular starter when he's fit... Then what does that mean for for uh, Wijnaldum? We saw that he did play uh, alongside him at the weekend, but I mean there was all that talk about Barcelona. Then Cater, who I'd probably say is is maybe the most similar in terms of sort of breaking the lines and providing a bit of midfield creativity. Oxley Chamberlain again, is he going to get a chance now at all in the midfield three? And with Jota coming in as backup uh, for the wings, is he going to play there at all? You've got the two young kids, Jones and Elliot, as well. Does that does this see their game time decreased? I mean, there's quite a few players now who this you is think... sounding good, by the way. You're going through our options. I know. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> on the one hand, it's a lot of options, but I'm just wondering. And then, yeah, and then, and then Shakiri is the other one as well. So, what's that? Six or seven players there that just immediately you think, like, is there space for these players? I mean, yes, I think Wijnaldum and, and Keita can obviously uh, stay. I mean, as long as, as long as they don't push for an exit, but... 
I mean, for the rest, are you thinking, are you sort of, are you thinking about who might leave? And is there sort of any possible casualties from this? So, well, I think Shakiri's almost nailed on now, which is, as we say, unfortunate, but, you know, we can obviously make do without him with the signing of Jota, etc. What's interesting is Wijnaldum was the only midfield player to play the full 90 against Chelsea, mm. but he's the one being linked to leave most. So is it Ox? Is he the one going? Yeah, and then they've, I think there's been reports this week as well from pretty credible sources that said Liverpool are not looking to sell him. Well, um, I wouldn't sell anyone, <laughs> apart from Shakiri no. to get a bit of money in. But Yeah, I mean, you could potentially sell Shakiri and, and maybe like Harry Wilson. and, and, and Oh, Rich yeah, Harry well. Wilson. Yeah, because he'd go for 15-ish. Yeah, I mean, potentially you can you could sort of cover your losses there. But I'm just wondering whether people are going to get enough game time to, to stay happy with the... With the, with the level of depth that we've got now. But I guess that's that's one of those nice problems to have for well, you. Well, this is it. We need to start going further in the domestic competitions uh, mm. for them to really be part of the squad because we've been knocked out in silly rounds recently. Exactly. So, Carabao got, Cup. Yeah. Here is we Link, come. Lincoln on Thursday? Yeah, Lincoln on Thursday. Um, so, so, yeah, maybe with us. Ox, you know, all of them lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, that would be nice to break uh, City's run. I think they won three in a row of the of the car. Yeah, a huge trophy to add to the cabinet. Um, and then, yeah, just to finish on this little uh, transfers uh, section, um, one man who does know a thing or two about winning trophies, Kylian Mbappe. The rumours are back. Uh, last night, I think L'Equipe uh, in France published a story saying that uh, both Liverpool and Real Madrid are uh, constantly... Uh, in contact with uh, Mbappe's uh, representatives and that uh, the World Cup winner has not made up his mind yet on what he's going to do next summer and uh, he'll have just one year left on his deal then and the main options on the table for him are Real Madrid, Liverpool or staying at PSG. I mean, obviously, the sort of... uh, the headline of that of that article was was taken sort of blown up massively on Liverpool Twitter and sent everyone into meltdown. <laughs> yeah, it's confirmed. Um, Announcing that it's confirmed. Yeah, Mbappe hashtag Mbappe twenty twenty one. Obviously, that would be just an un, an unbelievable signing if it happens. But do you even do you even think about those things? Is that even is that even a possibility? <laughs> uh, it wasn't before we signed Thiago, <laughs> and now I'm thinking, okay, we are signing the best players in the world. Okay, we've saved loads on him. So are we, you know, are we putting some money aside in the savings bank for Mbappe? I think mm. it. I think it's more likely than not. Now, it's more likely than not. That's you're going like if as you, a fifty-one percent someone... chance. I think he's going to go to Real Madrid. To be honest with you, I think I think there's there's quotes out there about how much he he dreamed of playing for Real Madrid and when he was a kid and how Zinedine Zidane is his idol. And they've got the money, they haven't they? So. Oh, oh, yeah, well, I mean, that does change it a lot. Same <laughs> <laughs> um, age as me as well. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Tragic. Yeah. How many World Cups have you won? Well, look, I'm doing a Liverpool podcast, so who's really winning? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's the real quiz. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's going to run and run, isn't it? We've got all of next year to look forward to with that. So... Um, yeah, he'll pick Real Madrid that's... over Liverpool. Let's just can it now. Can't be asked to get excited. <laughs> oh, but how good You're would right. that be, though? Whatever. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but it, who do you push out? Let's just say hypothetically, Mbappe comes in. Who goes out? Is it Mane who makes way? Salah? Or oh, do you get rid no. of... Um... No, no, no. Firmino. Firmino gets Firmino. dropped into the 10 or, or we move him on. Right. Definitely. Okay. Don't you think? That's that sorted. Uh, I've decided. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. You probably do play Mbappe through the middle, don't you? Okay. All right. <laughs> sorted. Done. Done. We'll, uh, yeah. Sort out the paperwork on that and get it done for next <laughs> week. Uh, and then also I've seen again. I think it was another. It was I think it's France Football's report saying that uh, Liverpool are still in for Osman Dembele and Ismail Assar despite getting Diego Jota. I would say that is a big fat lie. Uh, but yeah. would you think? Do you think that we still need any more depth? I mean, I've just listed off all the players that probably aren't going to get regular game time now. Do you see any space for any more signings before the window closes? Nope, not not those two anyway. I uh, need a backup centre back, as proven by Fabinho filling in there. Look, even though it was an incredible performance. Yeah, do we? we can't, though? I mean, well, I'd rather him play the six in important games. Like you said, yes. we can afford to play Thiago against the Chelsea's and Arsenal's, but. When it when it comes to Man City, we need to we need him in that DM role. So we do need a backup centre back. Yeah, I think that is uh, that's probably a fair assessment. Yeah, who do you get though is quite a, is a difficult thing. I heard if some, there was somebody some like called Kabak from Turkey, Schalke. Yeah, I mean that'll do, won't it? Just yeah. Get him in. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then we'll take a uh, we'll take a quick break there and stay with us because we'll be talking about Liverpool playing Arsenal next weekend next. Okay, so Liverpool's fairly uh, tricky start to the Premier League season continues after after Lincoln on Thursday as they take on. Uh, Arsenal at the weekend. That's at home, isn't it, Perth? That's Anfield? Yeah. yeah. Are you more confident about this game after seeing us uh, batter a 10-man Chelsea? <laughs> uh, or how, do, how are you feeling about this one? Uh, yes, I am. Because, you know, it, not only did we win away to so-called title rivals, we also kept a clean sheet. And mm. our defence is being touted as, you know, all over the place. And we just kept a clean sheet at Stamford Bridge. So much more confident considering they have a Bamiang, etc. Um mm-hmm. and also they they scraped a win at home against a West Ham side who looked like they could be going down. Yeah, West Ham. I mean they like still won, like we've won ugly many of times. Like but it's not a great look going into this game, is it? Mm. Uh would you prefer to see uh, Gomez come back into this or would you want to keep Fabinho at centre back, maybe to help sort of counter some of the attacking threat, or or is there any other changes that you'd like to see from the team that, that beat Chelsea? Yeah, look, I still think Gomez is our best centre back, and okay, Fabinho had an amazing game, but I wouldn't start thinking he's our our first choice now. So the sooner we can get Gomez back in and firing, the better. And then in midfield, I'd move. Oh, it's difficult now with all the options. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, Thiago has to start and Henderson has to start. Right, so that leaves either Wijnaldum or Fabinho. I think Cater and Fabinho are the next options. I'd go conservative and play Fabinho, and as he got man of the match, you know, he deserves the start. So Cater's dropped. Fuck. Right, okay, well, I'm you heard it here first. 
does Jota get a run out at all? Do you think, or is he sort of an impact sub off the bench? How do you see how do you see his involvement coming? Or is he going to be one of those players that maybe you saw a bit like Fabinho, where they get sort of eased in quite slowly over the next few months? Oh, good question. Uh no, because he's Premier League proven, so we won't need to drip feed him in the side mm, as true. such. I think Klopp likes a late sub. He might get five or ten minutes in this one. I think. Hmm. I don't know what that means for Rigi as well. Just thinking, is he going to get sort of any kind of game time now? Because I guess he's still the only player, well, Brewster, but there's talk of him leaving as well, that can play in that sort of number nine role. But just the way that Liverpool seem to operate at the moment, it seems like it's either Minamino coming on in, in place of Firmino or maybe even maybe even Jota doing that role. So it's kind of interesting yeah. to see what happens with I him. I mean, he seems happy enough doing anything, so... Oh, man, the guy's just made for life. He just always yeah. seems permanently happy. Scored in the Champions League final... Scored a brace against Barcelona, the greatest comeback of all time. I mean, what more can you ask for, really? He's out, his career's done, in his head. Anything now <laughs> is a bonus. He's completed football. <laughs> um, losing the last two games in a row. Well, I mean, this Community Shield, I mean, what is that? And it was a penalty shootout. But losing the last two games against Arsenal in a row, does that worry you at all going Absolutely into this game? Absolutely not. Look, if you, you want to compare results to Arsenal, we always play them sort of... Th- third game of the season we always beat them 4-0 at home so <laughs> th- that's the one you're looking at although they have yeah. changed quite a lot recently so it's not going to be like that at all but you you're more you should look at those results more than you should look at the last two results basically yeah I think so they do look a lot sort of better under under Arteta and I think they will be sort of challenging for for top four this season but oh yeah I think with our record at home yeah you think they you think they will do it yeah, I mean, United looked awful, but I still think they'll do it because it's United and they always scrape it. Mm. Yeah, I just think with our record at home as well, was it it's like, oh, it's 60 games or 61 games now on beating at home as well. I think that we should be okay, but it will be quite, a, it'll be, I think it'll be a bigger test than, than Chelsea, particularly with the way that the game, the game went at the weekend. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if I'd be happy with a draw though, just because it's at home. Yeah, exactly. I I would be annoyed. It wouldn't be the end of the world, but I would be annoyed. Mm. Well, with potentially nine points out of nine on the table, then from our first three games, uh, did you think that this was um, that this was a realistic outcome? Because it's obviously quite a difficult start to the season, the way that uh, the fixtures panned out. Yeah, obviously Leeds gave us a really tough game, um, but I always thought we were going to win that just because the Anfield factor. Um, <laughs> the empty Anfield the factor. Em- even an empty Anfield is still daunting. Um, I I thought we'd be dropping points at Chelsea, but then we probably played them at the best time because they only they didn't play their big hitters because they're all injured. Mm. So look, we've not done nine out of nine yet, so let's see. But I didn't let's see. I think I think we'd be on seven, and we still could be on seven points out of three. Okay, which isn't terrible. Uh, let's get your well, you've hinted at your prediction there, but let's get your prediction then for the Arsenal game. Four nil. Four nil. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I will say a cheeky two-one for Liverpool. And yeah, I mean that's the smart. That's a smart option. Yeah, I tempted to say Jota, Dave, you got as well, but um, we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see about that. Uh, let's do Lincoln as well because obviously that's uh, that's coming up. But beforehand, I would say that that's going to be one of those very standard two-nil wins where you know it's it's a mix of fringe players and academy academy kids playing. What yeah, are your thoughts? What, what league are Lincoln in? Uh, League two, I think. Oh, right, okay. Uh, 6 0. 6 0. 
So 10 goals over the next few games. 10 goals this week, please. Yeah, I can look forward to that then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. And then Mbappe on deadline day, just to finish it all off. And Dembele and Saar. Um, and Dembele and Saar. Okay, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we forgot to mention it before, but uh, just let's all have a good laugh at FSG mm. out based on based on the events of last week as well, because uh, what a load of dickheads. Um, and on that note, I think that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you uh, so much for listening. Uh, if you can drop us a review on you know Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, please do. It'd be very much appreciated. Send us a question if you want. We'll get to those. Uh, in future episodes subscribe if you haven't already and you enjoyed what you heard check out the other podcasts on the 90 min podcast network and we will be back again next tuesday to discuss the uh the 4-0 win of arsenal and the 6-0 win of a lincoln and the signing of killian mbappe uh it is goodbye from me and yeah goodbye from me see you next week american giant makes great clothing sweatshirts jeans and more right here in the u.s Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.